Hey, housewives, come on in. You know the dirty dishes are still in the sink from yesterday and the laundry is still in the basket. Pop your AirPods in and make yourself at home here. I'm Tracy. I'm Tori. And we are your Unlikely Housewives. Stepping out in faith and believing that God calls the unlikely, we are here to show you the appreciation and validation you deserve, lead you to authentic relationships, and release you of believing the cultural lies to restore your faith and wellness. Pull up those high-waisted yoga pants, tighten your top knot, and reheat your coffee for the third time. Turn up the volume and let's go. Hey, housewives, welcome back. Hey, hey. We're so excited to be with another guest in our studio. Are we calling this a studio? We're calling we're this officially a there. It's a okay. studio, aka Tori's office. But yes, we're excited to have another guest with us today. We got to know Erica, what, three years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> About For that time. A friend through a friend through a friend. Yep. And we've been so fortunate to work with her just throughout the last couple of years and things with school. And she is a co founder of Moms for Liberty. And Tori, you've been working with her as well. Yes, yes. It was uh, a couple of months ago that I actually got the pleasure of having coffee with her and got to meet her in person. Hey, may I encourage you people that are local to you and you DM, have coffee with them, like reach out. Like (laughs) you can still do that. Meeting people in person versus just chatting with them via text is always a benefit. But we did. We started chatting about all things. Part of it was part of our printing and how we I could help Moms for Liberty, but just getting to know her and her heart and more about the organization. It was just wonderful conversation. So all that to say, welcome, Erica Sheets. Thank you, ladies. It's great to be here. (laughs) Yes, we're so excited to have you. So tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Sure. I am married to Matt. We are coming up on 26 years in October. And we've lived here in the Kansas City metro for 13 years now. And before that, we lived in Cleveland. And then I'm from the Detroit area. Okay. And we have two kids, David and Skylar, teenagers. I guess I should stop calling them kids. Right. Adult size. They'll always be your babies. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Definitely. Yes. And so that keeps us pretty busy along with life in general. Yeah. Okay. So you are the co-founder of the Johnson County chapter of Moms for Liberty. So this is a nationwide program. And so tell us a little bit about the nationwide program. And then I'd love for you to tell us the story of how you got involved. Yeah, definitely. Moms for Liberty is a national organization. It started in Florida with two moms who had served on their local school board districts, Tiffany Justice and Tina Deskovich. And they had served on their school boards prior to the pandemic shutdown. And they like to say that they saw behind the education curtain in that experience. They were moms. They were concerned about things going on in their schools. And they decided to raise their hand and get involved. And that's why. And then they became a lot more concerned once they did get involved. And then when the shutdown happened, so many parents were thrown for a loop, obviously. Everybody was thrown for a loop for a lot of reasons, Mm -hmm. not the least of which is your kids aren't in school anymore. Parents wanted to understand, how do I even really interact with a school board or with my school district if I have concerns or questions or try to help things along? And 
Tina and Tiffany really saw the demand for that and they knew that they knew how to help people. And so they formed Moms for Liberty in Florida and really thought that it was just going to be a Florida thing. And people kept calling them and hearing about this. (laughs) And can you help us out here? And so they ended up in January 2021, launched as a nationwide movement. And in order to start a chapter, it's totally grassroots. You have to raise your hand, put in an application, be interviewed, be able to and willing to meet certain criteria. And uh, we're a real 501c4 um, with a bank account and a tax ID and (laughs) (laughs) uh, monthly chapter meetings. And you know, you you are focusing, each chapter is really focusing on their local area. And a chapter can be as big as one school district that they're focusing on, or it can be like what we did here in Johnson County, which happens to have six school districts mm-hmm. inside of Johnson County. And so that's what our chapter covers. It just took off. And the current numbers for Moms for Liberty National are 297 chapters wow. in 46 states and over 130,000 members. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. That's two years, what, two and a half years? Yeah. Since 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. It is. Kind of want to know what four states don't have one. You may not know that. I should have looked that up. I bet I could Google that. Yeah. Um, I will say that Kansas was the only one of the few states that only had one chapter for about two years. So our chapter here in Johnson County, we launched in August 2021 with our chapter chair, Brooke Liu, and a number of other ladies who are executive board and a number of others who supported that. And for a long time, we were the only chapter in Kansas, but we actually have a new chapter out in Western Kansas near Dodge City now, which is exciting. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yes. Okay. So you saw a need for this in Kansas City area, Johnson County. What made you raise your hand and go, I'm going to jump through all the hoops <laughs> to make this happen? Great question. So when the shutdown happened in March 2021, and so what did we have about two months left of school? Both our children are special education children. They're on the autism spectrum and have a number of other challenges as well. And so these are special ed kids. Wait, shutdown was 2021 or 2020? 2020. Sorry. Sorry. Right. Yep. That's okay. Yeah. No, no, no. 2020. <laughs> you're right. March of 2020. I was and... just asking uh, a that last night. I was like, wait, when, when did it shut down? Like, I don't even remember. You know, it's like, it's such a fog. <laughs> it is a fog. I think I've blacked it out. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> so when that kind of came to the end of the school year and then there was talk about whether or not they'd be going back in the fall. Um, and our experience in trying to deal with virtual learning was terrible, non-existent. Certainly for special ed kids, it was not possible to deliver the support that they need through their IEPs. And so I began speaking out at school board meetings in our local district. And I pulled the federal guidelines and laws around special education and what school boards are held to in terms of a standard for special education and tried to make the case in those public statements that being in virtual, all virtual environment, they're not going to be able to stay legal, Yeah, at least when it comes to special ed. And what I found at those meetings were lots of other parents that were very concerned about their kids not being in school for lots of other good reasons, too. And so a lot of us just started talking and hanging out. And and then a few of us started hearing about Moms for Liberty. And we thought, well, this is an interesting idea because we don't know what we're doing. None of us are politicians. None of us are professional activists. And we really needed help because it doesn't feel like 
the big machine listens to one person, mm-hmm. right? But maybe if we were part of an organization and learned from people, our learning cur- could be faster if we could learn from people who knew what they were doing and part of a larger institution that that would help us. And so that's why a group of us decided, okay, we're going to go ahead and launch a chapter here. And that really has been um, everything we were looking for. You just created the foundation of what uh, parents and especially moms needed in a very difficult time when many moms are at home with their kids and frustrated just about the the bigger picture in what this looks like, what it looks like at home, what it should look like for your kids. And there was a lot of obviously other things that were going on. And you guys stepping into that gave us a place to come to where there's like-minded moms in a community that helps you feel like, as our you know motto always is, you're not alone. Because you do feel that when you're at home a lot, especially with your kids in that season, that was difficult. Yeah. So you absolutely stepping into that helped us know that there was a place for us. That's so great. And we've had a lot of people share that with us. And what we also found out is that there were a lot of other people in positions of power that felt alone. And that we didn't really expect. People who were inside school districts, Mm -hmm. teachers, even people on school boards, even people in state institutions and elected positions who felt like they thought they were the only ones. So it was really interesting once you kind of stuck your neck out there which can have pluses and minuses. Yeah. But one of the pluses for sure was giving people a safe place to say, like, actually, there are a lot more of us than you think there are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's like you said, it's the grassroots. Once you know that there's a whole section of people, all of a sudden it gives you hope. It completely changes the atmosphere and the status quo because you realize like, wait, I'm not the only one because we see a narrative right on media and through all the things. But then we believe that to be true, which if you're still taking all of your news in from media, I'm going to say TV stations and I'm not going to name, you know, the stations, if you're only taking in your news source from one particular news station or like paper or online or network, whatever, get out. Like you need to see what else. And honestly, the thing that I've recently fallen in love with is public political commentators because they are people who have stepped into this space to go, okay, and some have some background in politics, some don't, but like they're going, okay, but They have all the time in the world to research all the things, too. And so they are such a resource. And we do. We think that we are alone when we watch a network and go, oh, well, I guess I should tolerate this. And it's like, wait, no, you don't have to because (laughs) there are so many others. Yeah. Well, can you tell us and specifically our listeners what the Moms for Liberty like mission is or its values per se, so that people who are listening are going, okay, I understand Moms for Liberty. Like I get that, you know, what that kind of stands for in terms of just the title. But how would you describe that? Sure. It's parents, grandparents, community members who believe that the power in this country belongs to the people and who want to fight for our children in schools. And specifically, we really focus on local schools. Yeah. Um, And that's really it in a nutshell. I was going to say, I just love that it's local, like the emphasis on local, because that's where you are. It's where your heart is. It's where your kids are. 
that's where you want to serve and really lead your children. Well, and that's how you make a change, Mm -hmm. right? You start local. We all think that we're making a change when we vote for president every four years. But like that's we think that that's who we should know. Like if you asked the majority of people who name all your school board members that your children are in, like they can't. Mm -hmm. They typically can't. The average citizen can't. And they can't name their senators. They can't name their congress members. We're so misguided thinking that change starts at the top when actually change starts at the bottom. It starts with school board. It starts with city council. It starts with Mm -hmm. our commissioners were a big one that I had no idea that they existed. Or had so much power. Control. Yeah. Yeah. Power. Influence Mm -hmm. on what things happened in our city for businesses like as a business owner like that, I'm like, holy crap, you can tell me whether I can open my doors or not. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane. OK, so there are a lot of people out here going, wait, mom's for liberty that um, that sounds familiar. Oh, wait, that's that crazy group. Those uh, domestic terrorists at school board meetings mm-hmm. or the moms that have nothing better to do than to, you know, harass our school board members and all the things. So what would you say? What are some of the... Thank you for all the compliments you just gave me. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of the misconceptions that people have with Moms for Liberty? Yeah, I think you named a lot of the big ones for sure. Extremist. Mm -hmm. That's a fun buzzword. The people who are invested in big ed or as one of our founders of the national organization likes to call it the the K-12 cartel, (laughs) uh, which is brilliant. That's (laughs) Tiffany Justice right there. Just brilliant. And it perfectly describes the sort of mob-like structure that exists. And it covers multiple areas. It's federal, state, local, private organizations, ed tech, curriculum, publishing, and a number of them. And it's a structure that's been built up over a long period of time. And so the people that are invested in that structure aren't happy about it getting rattled. And one of the amazing silver linings about the pandemic and the shutdown in 2020, and some school districts dealt with this for two years where these schools were shut down. Thankfully, that didn't happen here. But what they found out is when parents were watching at home what was being taught and what was in the curriculum because, you know, they don't send homework home anymore. They don't do that for a reason. And when parents started seeing what was going on, the alarm bells kept going off. And so I think it's fair to say that if you're a parent and you're concerned about what's happening in your child's school, I don't know why that's treated any differently than if you were concerned about what's happening at your child's soccer practice or Mm -hmm. at theater camp or, you know, at a certain friend's house or whatever. It's your job as a parent to direct the upbringing and the health and the development of your children. And so why this is treated differently at schools really has to be because those who have the power structure and invested in the power structure don't really want to give it up. Well, what people are realizing is What's more valuable than money is power, right? Like that can't typically, it takes a lot once somebody is in office or in a position of power to get them out. And money comes with power, obviously. That's something that is hard 
to take away once put into place. Hey, housewives, we are so excited. Oh my goodness, this is a dream come true. Y'all have heard us talk about our sauna sessions from the beginning, and we have Sun Lighten as a sponsor of Unlikely Housewives. Why wouldn't we have a sauna session that brings all of the good juices flowing right out of our bodies when we're detoxing? Ex- Bring it right to the Unlikely Housewives. Exactly. But first of all, some of those benefits. The intention of getting in the sauna for us was not to create a podcast. No. no. Nope. I have another we just job. just wanted to sweat. We detox. Wa- detox. We wanted to boost our immunity. We wanted the reducing of inflammation and some the weight puff. loss. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's anti-aging. I mean, there's so many benefits to infrared sauna sessions. And so that was our initial purpose. Yeah. And just to vent, it was that season of life that we just needed to sit and talk and talk about what was going on. And that's where it all happened was in the sauna. Did you realize that there are studies that show Heat therapy produces endorphins, those feel-good emotions. So we were boosting our mood and ideas. So far, we boosted so far that a podcast idea came just flowing out. You guys, this is an incredible opportunity for you. You can have up to $600 off using our link, which is get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. That's get dot sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. We'll put that link in the show notes for you too. But $600 off a Sunlighten purchase. The one that I have got is the Impulse 3-in-1 Believe. And it's amazing, y'all. It has been the best health investment for our family. I'll say my friends because I invite them yeah. over. That's how I use the saunas in your. I, I know. Sweat. I if come you, over and sweat. But it's so good and such a benefit. And, and you so, said family investment. The kids can get in it too. Exactly. The second I hear that there is a stomach bug going around class, get in the sunlight and girls. Like you're going to do this in 20 minutes. Let's make sure your immune system is up to par to not bring that home for anybody. It is a family investment and you will not regret it. Again, that link for us is get.sunlighten.com backslash unlikely. All the link will be in the show notes. Okay, so let's talk about the parents. I don't know. Did you get a manual when you had your first, like, hey, these are all the things that you need to do, rules and guidelines? Like, no. did you have to take a test? No. Did you get a parent license? No. I didn't get one of those in Texas. I didn't know if they handed them out in Chicago either. But, no. or, like, let's be real. Like, we don't get a manual as a parent. I mean, our idea as parents, and it's so. I mean, it's frog in boiling water, right? You don't just jack the heat up. It's slow over time. So when we have kids, you're figuring it out as you go. I mean, we didn't look at schools when we were in Texas. Actually, when A bought his the house before we were married, he looked at the school district because one, it determined taxes. And so we were thankful that it was in a a shorter, uh, smaller tax bracket at the time. Um, paid less property taxes on that. But then, like, you know, I kind of knew as my girls are, you know, three and four, I'm going, 
okay, so this is the school that they would go to. I know where that elementary is, but you don't know. Like, I'm not running background checks on anybody, you know, before my kids get to school. I assume the best. Mm -hmm. Well, that's I mean, that's why we moved here. I mean, we moved here seven years ago and we literally moved here for the school district. I Andrew's mad still to this day. Yeah. Because Blue Valley. Yeah. And it and, you know, it's there's so many great things still, you know, and I think one of the misconceptions we haven't even talked about yet is everybody thinks that we're like, because we're against the school, we're against the teachers. Y'all have no idea how much I love our teachers. <laughs> you know, it really does come down to which teacher, which class. I mean, it's just like it's down to each child. Each child needs what they need, you know, in a family of four, we're already seeing and making decisions for that. Like, but It is one of those things that, you know, as we were moving here from Chicago, I mean, we literally were like, okay, our oldest was in third grade. We didn't have two in kindergarten yet. You know, they were still in preschool. We're like, okay, we got to make decisions because time is going to go fast. And in five years, it's going to be different. So many people start to make those decisions. And I mean, one of the things that we were going to talk about is the public school enrollment is down so much. And I think it's that younger, it's that bottom half that are these families are considering. Their kids are three and four and five. It's the kindergarten. It's the first graders. It's the younger kids where they're going, I don't like the way this looks. So I believe, and this is just my personal opinion, the public school difference is going to be seen from the bottom up. Because, you know, for I've I've obviously made a different decision with one child for now. You know, I have a couple that are like, no, I'm staying. I'm just finishing out where I'm at. Okay, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of families that are just finishing out where they're at. But I do believe that we'll see that. What are your thoughts, Erica? Yes, uh, that was definitely our experience. We moved here for my husband's job and we relied heavily on the realtor that we worked with. And he said, Blue Valley, Blue Valley, right? We didn't know we knew nothing at all about the area. Okay, so where did you move from? We moved from Cleveland. Okay. And we landed in Leewood. Okay. And Blue Valley was highly touted to us because specifically we were also looking for special education. Okay. So at the time, our son was entering first grade and our daughter was three. And so she was entering early childhood and they definitely had those needs. And so it was like a no brainer. But when you Google, like Google your school district, I came from same thing, realtor. Hey, best school district here is Blue Valley. Second is probably going to be Olathe. Like when, and they're looking at the awards, exemplary status. Mm-hmm. I've had a cup of coffee and rankings <laughs> and rankings and what this looked like. I mean, Overland Park, where we're all located, has been listed as one of the best places to move in Money Magazine multiple times. It's a, it, that's a status symbol for our city, which we'll talk in another podcast about how that makes decisions on what they show in the news and what they don't show in the news for our citizens because they want to keep that reputation. But it does. It makes a huge difference. Like Tracy said, it depends on what kids and what teacher and what their needs are. One of the guests that I believe we're going to have soon is a mom who has kids homeschooled and have public school and she's literally they'll do a year of homeschool then they've done a year of public school a year of home like Mm -hmm. and she's individualizing their education experience for what's right for them mentally emotionally and physically like Mm -hmm. that's what we're called to do as parents yes it's hard it means that maybe somebody doesn't make a second income or makes a second income look different but we have that freedom as their parent Absolutely. And Tracy, you brought up what I think is the biggest misconception 
that the local organizations who are very attached to big ed like and nationally and that's the idea that somehow moms for liberty hates public schools mm-hmm. wants to defund public schools and ruin public schools and what i continue to push back on what I, you don't is that not was that i i missed that point on our notes yeah it I wasn't didn't, there I was, oh. um so you know what it's not even a logical assertion and here's why why would i take the time and effort and energy that it takes to start an organization and help run an organization and pay attention to six plus board meetings a month and understand what's happening in various school buildings, districts, situations, start learning about the different levers of power, like the board of commissioners, like where the state legislature comes in, the state school board, the national school board organizations, et cetera, and all the different moving pieces. Why would we bother taking all of the time and energy and effort that's involved in that if we didn't think there was something worth saving? Our family spent 12 years in Blue Valley schools in six different buildings. And I myself have volunteered on multiple committees over multiple years, PTO, a number of different things. There are some tremendous staff, administration, teachers, paras that I've had the pleasure of working with for a long time. And if there wasn't anything worth saving, I would just take my stuff and leave. Yeah. Yeah. And not look back. But you just said it, though. We're saving it for also not just the kids and the parents, but for the teachers and administration, because what is happening for them is so much change and frustration. I mean, I know of so many that have left this profession and have found something else. And we need good teachers like we need them to stay. And that is just a part of this uproar, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so really it turns out to be, you know, the domestic terrorist label, the extremist label, the public school hater defender label. It's all fake news. Yeah. And it and it's a distraction because what they don't want you looking at is they don't want you looking at the academic proficiency results mm-hmm. and they don't want you looking at the concerns about teaching sexual education and pushing gender ideology and pushing divisiveness on racial basis and other basis. And a number of other very concerning things that we see are really being pushed down from the top. Mm-hmm. But even though the authority lies locally, it's being allowed. And uh, that's well, what they don't want you paying attention to. Yeah, it's just the narrative that's being passed on. I mean, we see it everywhere, the news or social media or wherever. There is a narrative that is very gray and very confusing. And sometimes it's so one way and sometimes it's so the other way. And if I could just say, obviously, from a parent mom that loves her kids and is a true mama bear, sit down with me and have coffee. We can absolutely have a conversation and I can tell you my side of the story and where my heart is in it. You know, and I feel like that's why we do this podcast is because we just want to start conversations and encourage, ask questions, come to a meeting, you know, like seek out someone who's involved. If you have questions and you don't know what it looks like, I think I was so intimidated three years ago. You guys, I did not grow up discussing politics. I did not grow up like one way or the other. So many people didn't. But once you become a parent and realize that things start to affect your children, you have to figure out what you're going to do. And I want to say thank you because I wouldn't do all those things that you did and research all those organizations and all those political parties and all those kinds of things. You guys have created a space 
and a resource for us to be able to come to and say, okay, give me the snippets. This is an organization that I trust because it aligns with my values, my family's values and what we believe in. And that's what you've created. And I think so many people are still, even three years later, we're still trying to figure out what's that look like. There's a lot of people that are still sitting back hiding and hoping it just all the pieces fall. Or it's the people that are scared. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, For good reason, by yes, the way. As a yes. reason. I can tell you I've gotten a lot of DMs and nasty grams and we mm-hmm. get a lot in the Moms for Liberty email and channel too. And Brooke and I have been out there personally a lot speaking. And so people kind of know that we're associated with Moms for Liberty. And there's good reason because you're really harassed. I mean, you're bullied and intimidated. We were just talking about a teacher that stood up for her values and got doxxed. And if you're not familiar with doxing, that is putting out a person's personal information online in various spots so they can know where you live, your phone number. They know where you work, who your children. I mean, can you imagine somebody who doesn't like you knowing your address, your personal phone number? Imagine all of the calls. I mean, you can't block all of them. Right. And then knowing where your kids go to school. Like we saw somebody get basically I would say doxed for running for school board. Mm-hmm. The last go around, she actually had to make a decision between her career and running for school board because her employer said, we can't do this anymore. We are getting phone calls every day that are talking about this, this and this. And we don't have the manpower. Her employer was unwilling to back her, unfortunately. And she chose my first responsibility is to be a provider for my family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she made that decision. And I don't fault her for that because you do You when you put something out there. And let's be clear, anything, if you stand in the black or the white and say, I believe this, Mm -hmm. people automatically go, oh, well, if she believes this, then she's this, 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 and this, yes. and this. And that's what I was speaking of the narrative. That's the story. It's like, if I stand on something that I believe in, you automatically assume that I don't love this person, care about this person, support this person. And that is not the way people truly are. Yes. Even the people that are arguing with you, they just want to be heard. They just want their side to be louder than yours. And I get that because I've been in that position. I've been so burned and so hurt in different situations and conversations that I absolutely want to defend. But we've gotten to this point where it's like, instead of being able to have this like conversation and ask like, well, if you believe this, is this what you believe? And sometimes the answer is going to be yes, you know, because we stand on very strong conservative values. However, it could be that it's like, no, you don't, you don't understand. Like I have a personal reason. And that's the other thing. So many people don't know what is going on in Guys, I talk to a lot of parents. I am very well connected and I know what is going on in the homes of these children. And there are a lot struggling. So if you get upset because someone is standing up to fight for their child, that is so wrong. You know, you're really touching on another misconception. And that is that Moms for Liberty is just a, a far right version of a pack that is just taking the opposite side, right? There's yeah. there's a few packs here in Johnson County that would be recognizable by name that are big ed, K-12, cartel friendly, right? And that, oh, Moms for Liberty is just the, the other side of that. And, you know, Moms for Liberty is not inherently political. 
Right. We intersect with politics from the standpoint that in most states, school board positions are elected positions, which is great, by the way. Not every state has that, actually. Hawaii is one of those states where the governor appoints the full school board, which is hmm. an interesting Whoa. challenge for yeah. the Hawaii chapter. Yes. Mind blown. Yes. Like, what a privilege. I mean, we forget as Americans what a privilege it is to vote. It's true. I mean, for us, voting is almost an afterthought. We don't take the time to learn who the candidates are, to listen to both sides. Oh, we forget what a privilege it is to vote. It literally is almost an inconvenience when we, oh, I got to go vote today or I got to take off work to go vote or, you know, like, oh, you know, I just did this straight ticket of this party or whatever. When y'all, there are countries that don't get to do that, that don't get any say in who is appointed and in power. And the fact that we get to don't believe the lie for a second that your vote doesn't count. Can we just call that bullshit what it is? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you how much it counts. I mean, especially under the conditions where most people aren't voting. When you do vote, your vote counts even more. I mean, not according to math, obviously. One vote is one vote. But for example, in uh, Kansas this year, we have school board elections and there are four seats out of seven that are up on every school board. And only about 10 to 15 percent of registered voters typically show up in a year like this. Mm -hmm. Only 10 to 15 percent. So don't tell me your vote doesn't count, right? Yeah. yeah. Each county has an election office. Each state has an election office. And you can easily on a website look and see who's up for election and who where like where you can find out more information about the candidates. You can also find out what days you can vote. There was a primary, actually, for some of those school board candidates already that was not publicized at all, unless you are in the circle of like, go reach. I mean, we have and we have a Johnson County Republican Party group. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a great resource. Now, do I still go through every? Yeah, I still want to know what these can because just because you label yourself as a Republican doesn't mean you have the same values as I do, or it doesn't mean that you agree with everything on. So like, don't be fooled by the title. Also, like, do your research. Find out how many people have switched recently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Switched parties or that, you know, they voted Democrat for four years and now they're running for an office and they're a Republican. Well, let's match up what their values are and things like that. So don't be fooled by what they call themselves. And Moms for Liberty as a national organization, as well as our chapter, is politically nonpartisan. Mm -hmm. So the Johnson County Republican Party has reached out to us. The Johnson County Democrat Party has not. But we would certainly be open to talking to anybody who is interested in, you know, the offices that affect directly our local school boards and school districts and who are, you know, supportive of parents' rights as the ultimate directors of their child's upbringing. So we don't really care about the labels. And that's why I say it kind of more intersects with politics just because some of those positions are elected. We really have chosen to focus on the issues because as far as we're concerned, that's what parents need to know. And especially This is very true here where we are, but I know this is true from other chapters around the nation, which is it's a little bit of that not us-itis, 
right? Like they might see articles in the paper about some crazy stuff happening in schools and they'll go, well, that's not us. Like Mm -hmm. that's not here. That's not in Johnson County. That's not in such and such school district. Yeah. Right. And the reality is it is. It's just a matter of how far along (laughs) they've gotten into that agenda. And so we find is that parents and people are utterly shocked Mm -hmm. when we show them the actual numbers of reading and math and science academic proficiency testing, even in Kansas, even in Johnson County, even in the best school districts in Johnson County. And that's not just a Kansas thing. I mean, the national report card numbers that just came out a little while ago were absolutely shocking to people as well. And when we show them other things, right, you hear rumors, oh, Moms for Liberty wants to ban books. Right. And then we'll say, well, why don't you take a look at a couple of these excerpts and take a look at some of these images? And why don't you read a little bit about this? And people go, well, this isn't at schools. Oh, no, this is in your child's school library. Wait, yeah. what? Right. They're completely flabbergasted. Your elementary school child. Right. Yeah. OK, so we're going to wrap this up. But before we do, I want to make sure that people can reach out to Moms of Liberty as an organization nationwide if they're not located in Johnson County. So where can they find Moms for Liberty as a nationwide? The best thing to do is to go to momsforliberty.org and it's all spelled out. And then what you'll see there is a giant map of the United States and you can literally point and click on any area where you're interested in seeing if there's a chapter already. And if there is a chapter It will have the website link right there. So it'll click and take you right to their website. If there isn't one and you're interested in taking a look at maybe starting one, there is a link there for what's involved for starting one as well. Okay. And then how can people support Moms for Liberty? Maybe they can't show up to the chapter meetings or maybe that right now the only way that they can support is financially or through donations, how can they support that way? Yes. So financially, there is the ability to donate on momsforliberty.org nationally. Most of the chapters have that set up on their own websites for their local chapters as well. In addition, they have a podcast called Joyful Warriors. So Tiffany Justice leads that podcast. It's extremely educational. She has some wonderful guests. So you can support that like like it and subscribe to that. And Moms for Liberty on social. So on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can, you know, like and subscribe and follow there as well. Okay. And then how can they reach you specifically? Because they have, have fallen in love with you after listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, our email address is momsforlibertyop at gmail.com. We also have momsforliberty Johnson County, Kansas as a Facebook group. It's a closed Facebook group. We're also on Twitter as Moms for Liberty Johnson County, Kansas. And in general, I think it's going to be pretty easy to find us. Awesome. Well, we will include all those links in our show notes for you guys to make it even easier for you to just scroll down and click wherever you're listening to this on a podcast app. And we are going to end this. This has been great, Erica. Thank you so much for sharing about Moms for Liberty and showing us that it is a credible organization and not crazy. Yep, we're not crazy. Thank you for having me, ladies. (laughs) Thank you, Erica. Thank you. Okay, until next week, housewives. Bye. 
Whether we made you laugh or cry today, we pray you feel appreciated, bolder and braver than yesterday, stronger and more faithful for tomorrow, and living in who you were made to be today. Join our online community on Facebook, link in the show notes, and be sure to review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. Until next time, housewives, we give you permission to walk confidently, free, and to be intentional in your slippers or stilettos.